0: Hello, welcome to the HopeCast, where we hear about normal people following Jesus in the 21st century. Join me and guests in conversations in how to do daily life with struggles that come, the hope we find in Jesus, plus anything in between. Come on in. So, hello everybody, welcome back to the HopeCast. I hope you're all having a wonderful week. Uh, Today I'm so excited because I'm with the amazing Dot, Um, (laughs) she was my mentor for uh, a small six weeks um, (laughs) during the Tier Fund Emerging Influencers course which was so fun, Uh, Dot works for Tier Fund and other stuff which she's going to tell you about right now.
1: Hi Dot! I hope. Oh, well, it was six very short but mighty wonderful weeks <laughs> that we got to hang out. Um, yeah, as Hope says, I work for Tear Fund um, in their youth and young adults team. I am mega, mega passionate about people following Jesus, and I guess having their imagination to believe that a better future is possible because of who we believe in. I uh, do youth work in my local church and i what else is interesting about me oh i live in cardiff that's really interesting because i believe that's the best uh, best city in the world um yous all might be listening and disagreeing with me right now but um come to cardiff i'll, I'll cook you a barbecue you'll be converted <laughs> oh, classic barbecue <laughs> uh
0: thank you for the introduction but i'm going to get the audience to get to know you a bit more with some fun quick fire questions
1: The best place you've been to in the UK. Oh well, obviously I'm a big fan of Cardiff, but if I'm going somewhere, then I want to go to West Wales to the beaches in Pembrokeshire. Oh my, it's beautiful there. I've never, I've never thought about beaches in Wales. Hey,
0: spaghetti or
1: pizza? Oh, a pizza. Mm, pizza. Every time. Ham and mushroom. Don't you be putting any pineapple on my pizza, though.
0: Oh, I love some pineapple, it's just the prize.
1: It's your favorite book in the Bible. Oh, boy. oh a whole book that's generous. I like that. Um, mm. I've to pick one, isn't it? Mm. Probably Genesis, because I think you get the biggest um overview of God's mission on the earth in Genesis, and I think you get the reality of humankind. In there as well, and so I think you see loads of the heart of God in it. And I also think, how can you not read Genesis and not be inspired? You're like Genesis one and two, it's so amazing. <laughs> like that is how God makes perfect. Yeah. Plus, then you have like all big heroes of the faith Abraham and Joseph, and you're like, come on, bosh. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: love that. Okay, yes, yeah. this is a good one to start with. Hey. Uh, yeah. Okay, and if you could only eat one dessert for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh,
1: chocolate brownie. Every time. Oh, not even not even like a banoffee or like a no, definite no because because I mean this is maybe an overshare in a podcast, but and I'm also going to definitely lose friends. Uh, I really hate fruit in dessert.
2: Oh,
1: I really great. like
2: it. So
1: it makes like dessert like, repertoire really small for me. So basically chocolate brownie with a chocolate fudge sauce on top. Ugh.
0: Oh. Yes. all different like they could be like gooey and then they could be like a bit like flaky on top.
1: Just, oh, yeah. I want to come to your house then when uh, you know <laughs> when we're all allowed to travel and we come to your house because i can't make brownies i just really like eating them (laughs) Oh, i'll set
0: the jamie oliver easy fudge brownie it's it's
1: quick and easy i mean i'll try it i'm a terrible cook
0: (laughs) Like you can't really go wrong like it's melting chocolate and then
1: Uh, uh, yeah maybe i'll take a picture when i've done it
0: (laughs) okay well now before i get really hungry let us (laughs) start today's topic so i absolutely love this topic and i've been waiting to start talking about some justice stuff um yeah so today we're going to be talking about god um justice and how we can be leaders in justice and what that looks like in our lives and we're just going to dive straight in and start chatting the first question i want to ask you is what is justice
1: I mean, you're kicking off with the big one, eh? <laughs> um, so I think justice has loads of definitions and ways of thinking about it, but let me share um, a way that I like thinking about it, not that I have some sort of, you know, big all important way, it just is a way I have found helpful. Um, so I think justice for me is, and it's a bit of why I chose Genesis, that's like my favorite book of the Bible, is going right in genesis 1 at the beginning of the world we see how god created the world and we see his perfection his shalom which is what he calls it like his peace and his perfect and then we see that get broken um and how i like to think about justice is just as if genesis 3 never happened so genesis 3 is the fall where um, Adam and Eve both eat the apple, they they do exactly what God says, do not do this. And they do exactly that. Um, and it's not like you can get cross about that and you can't get cross with them about it because we do it every day. <laughs> um, but justice for me is that idea that what would the world look like just as if Genesis three never happened. And so we pursue justice in thinking about, well, if Genesis three never happened, then, The will and purpose of God for humanity is to look after creation. So when I'm thinking about justice, I'm thinking about how do we look after creation? If I'm thinking that Genesis three, what if that never happened? What if God's perfect still existed right now? Then I am walking with God. I am sat like dead, dead close to his feet. Like Jesus, just teach me your ways. God, teach me how to live and love how you do. Well, justice is me continuing, in spite of being separate from him, continuing to sit as close as I can to his feet and saying, teach me Mm. how to be the full version of myself that you intended me to be. And the same if you look in Genesis one and two, they have like absolutely perfect relationships with each other with themselves. There's no shame. There's no one upmanship. There's no competition. There's no idea that one person is worth more than another one person can you know there's none of that. And so justice is living today as if that was still true. And so I'm not trying to compete with anybody else. I am not trying to prove myself better, but I am thinking about well, to make my T-shirt, somebody's had to make that. And how do I make sure that in my pursuit of justice, just as if sin never entered the world, I make sure that you were treated really well, really fairly for what you made. Mm. Justice, just as if Genesis 3 never happened. Just as if, I
0: love that. <laughs> and I've never thought of the fact that like, if that didn't happen, we'd still be walking with God. like. Right. So many things. I think, just as you were describing, like what that ideal, perfect world would look like. There are so many things which I think we just settle at, settle with as humans, because we're just like, oh, like that's just how the world is, or that's just how people are, or people are just power hungry. But there are so many things where, if you if you brought gods like sitting among us in that picture, you'd never ever ever see that, and people would never be treated at all that way, and. That's like so eye-opening to get into that mindset a lot more and um, be like ready to see that on earth. So thank you.
2: (laughs) And
1: I really love what you said there about that idea that um, if Jesus was sat here, there's no way we do some of the stuff that we do. And I think the reality is that sometimes we think that when we are either thinking about mission or thinking about development work and poverty alleviation, that we are taking God with us into that space. So we might be taking God into the media industry, or taking God into politics, or taking God into a country that is living in desperate poverty and you're going, no, no, he's already there. He is there and he is at work and he is doing things. And so our pursuit of justice is to join in with his plans and purposes for what he's doing there. And I think when you think like that, it just really reframes when I'm in the shop and I'm about to buy something or I'm thinking about my money or I'm thinking about who I want to vote for. I'm going, well, Jesus is already here. Like, how does that impact how I behave and who I choose and what I choose to do? Yeah, a really good point, Hope. I really like that.
0: Oh, yay. And um, I just wanted to ask, like, for you personally, what kind of drove you to start seeing justice as part of your faith and not just a thing that people
1: some people like yeah uh, hope i feel like you have been able to in that one question <laughs> articulate the thing that i just feel most passionate about in my life <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> <laughs> i oh uh, can i tell you the story of how i became a christian because that will help me um and yeah. so i became a christian when i was 16 not from a christian Family, but my parents sent me to Sunday school because that's how you learn to be good, apparently. I didn't learn very well, but (laughs) in theory, learn how to be good. Um, And then didn't go for years and years and years. Um, But my friends invited me back and let me just take a little moment. If you are praying for your friend to come to know Jesus and you are just finding that you're hit with a brick wall all the time, do not let that put you off from praying for that person because my friends prayed for me for ages before i said yes to coming to anything so please stay faithful in prayers Um. so 16 and went to a church service and um heard the gospel um and what i heard was that there's loads of stuff in your life that brings you shame and we call that sin and that sin separates you from the person of jesus and jesus is Lord of Lords, King of Kings, came to earth to live a perfect life, died on a cross, so that all those things that bring us shame can be laid on the cross with him. And what he did three days later was he rose again, defeating all of that sin and shame, proving he's King of Kings, and he now invites you into this community called the church and into eternal life with him in heaven. And I was (laughs) like, well. That sounds wonderful. I don't understand why anyone would decide anything else. Somebody's going to like deal with my shame and invite me into like a community and give me eternal life. Yes, please. So I became a Christian and um, as you can probably tell, I'm kind of an excitable person. So I went to everything, everything that the church had to offer. (laughs) I just did not turn up to anything. Um, But it wasn't till I was 22 That somebody um, sat down and helped me understand that if I have said yes to Jesus, I have also said yes to people all over the world who are living on the margins of society, people who get forgotten, people who are um, Taken advantage of because of the systems we have in the world and I can't, I can't separate yes to Jesus and yes to the world and I tried like I'd lived for six years with this faith that had no interaction with justice whatsoever because I just thought it was like a secondary or like seven, eight, ninth ninth-worthy the issue. But the more I read the scripture, I was like, wow, okay. The whole Bible on the whole is written to people living in poverty. Like it's written to the Israelite nation. They're not a wealthy nation, that's a nation in slavery or the letters are written to people living in poverty. I'm the anomaly here. And when you look at Jesus, he occasionally spends a bit of time with tax collectors, but the rest of the time, he is always alongside people on the margins that have been forgotten, that are living in poverty. And I was like, I've been following the wrong Jesus, because the Jesus I've been following was like super okay with my cushy life, where it wasn't inconvenienced at all by poverty in the world. I was like, oh no. Jesus is like mega concerned about a refugee camp in Bangladesh where they've just found COVID um, cases. He is mega concerned about communities in Sierra Leone who are trying to work out how to put food on into their um, families' mouths. You know, like he's really concerned about that. And so, when I say yes to Jesus, I need to say yes to the world.
0: Wow, that is so good. But yeah. So Jesus being that um, ultimate leader and like the pioneer of our faith, what things can we take from the way that Jesus lives his life and how can we look and say this is what justice looks like?
1: Well Jesus is the ultimate example of leadership isn't he? He like thinks about calling, about compassion, about character and I think I want to start off by saying that particularly if you're young and thinking about leadership number one you won't get it right and there'll be so many times where you have tried to be like jesus and you you missed the mark and that's okay because we're human but there are a few things in in jesus that we can look at and say actually what does it look like to pursue that a little bit so things like um relentlessly jesus pursues compassion in his leadership and we live in a society that doesn't really prize compassion as one of the top qualities of leaders, but Jesus really does. You take the feeding of the 5,000, and he is like, he's at the end of himself. He's like, right, I'm just gonna go and find a bit of space. So I've preached to everybody, um, But then he notices that they're hungry, and the words say, and he had compassion on them. And that word compassion, if you break it down in the original, means come with passion to act with passion for people Mm. a really powerful way of saying actually as leaders our approach our responsibility our privilege is not that we are self-seeking not that we're trying to make the name of dot Tyler great but we are acting with passion on behalf of people yeah I think the other thing that he. Does so frequently is builds other people up. Again, he's not concerned about promoting some sort of profile for himself, though he is the king of kings. If anybody had a right to, it would have been him. <laughs> you know? But he keeps wandering off to quiet places and then telling people, shh, don't tell anyone. <laughs> 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 like, why? And I think what I see in Jesus is that he is passionately bothered about people having dignity and about people feeling like they can contribute what they have brought. Um, And you see it throughout the whole of scripture Like God always, always wants people to bring what they can to the table, like their gifts, their callings, their talents, their passions. He's like, I gave them to you. You're made in my image to have those things. So bring them to the table, contribute to the mission of God. And you see it in Jesus as well. When um, the disciples are called, they're called and they're released straight away. Like, come on, like crack on, stay near, stay near to what I'm saying, but crack on and get on with it, you know? He only spends three years with the disciples before they're like, right, and now you need to start a global movement called the church. (laughs) That's so true. (laughs) Wow! That is mega high trust, isn't it? Mm. And I think if Jesus can trust us, very weak, often feeble, get it wrong a lot, human beings, then we can trust other people too. And I think it's a leadership quality that gets a bit lost
2: in our society.
1: is A, not to pursue your own profile and B, to trust others to invite them to bring what they've got and play their part. Mm, And I wanna
0: respond to both parts of what you said. I love the whole Jesus literally just being like, casually just create the whole world and then just gonna become a baby. Yeah,
1: right, it's totally mad. Nobody would write a leadership strategy and go, I tell you what, I I will just make myself the most vulnerable version of myself that is humanly possible. That's my plan A. At the time when um, they're killing all the, all, the, all the baby boys. So, yeah. Yeah, and, then, and he brings himself to a place where like that community, people thought less of them. Like People of Bethlehem, they're like, oh, Bethlehem? Like, we don't really associate with Bethlehem. And he's like, yeah, that's exactly where I'm going to go. There's a
0: song. I was listening to, I think it just sounds like humbled and holy, It's just like those contrasting words of just being like so completely perfect Mm -hmm. and completely right in his thinking and everything he does but literally so humble to the point where he will literally serve everyone and he'll have compassion above his own desires and I think that is really what we're called to do, um, to, to lay down our lives um, and when I think of Jesus laying down his life, I think most people just think of the cross, like mm-hmm. living, breathing life, but his whole living life of like 33 years or whatever, um, was laid down for others. It was like, this is not my own. I'm just listening to what the Father's telling me to do.
1: Um, I the thing that I I struggle to understand, I just don't think my human brain is big enough, is going Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit have existed together since eternity began and will exist together for eternity to come, except for that 33 years where God chose to be separate for the first time. And so when we're thinking that Jesus doesn't understand what it's like to live in like post-Genesis 3, separated from God, and you're like, Jesus literally did that. He separated himself from what he has known for eternity and will know for eternity to come. Chose a marginalised people, the most vulnerable bit of life like as a baby. And and somehow we think that Jesus doesn't care about justice. Mm. What? Come on, come on, come on, church. We have a big calling because our Jesus did everything.
0: Yeah. I especially loved also that you said like in the world's eyes, compassion is not a leading quality which most people would really seem as that useful. Mm -hmm. Um, but in kingdom culture that is what you know, that's what drives you and it's like that kind of break my heart for what breaks yours and actually acting out of that passion and not being not having your heart hardened to the point where you can look at someone Mm -hmm. who has not eaten for two days and just, oh well, like, and being able to be moved. And um, I just wanted to ask you, what are some prayers and practical tips that Christians can be praying for um, and doing with their lives to make sure that that compassion remains there and that we are continually asking God to um, make our hearts less callous to those um, things which we should care about around us?
1: Really brilliant. And I think there's only really one answer to that, because the reality of the human heart is we either like to ignore the difficult stuff or the difficult stories, or we like to forget them because they're uncomfortable to live with. And the reality is that if I don't forget about them, then my life is inconvenienced because I would have to change how I behave and how I live and how I, spend my money or pray or campaign like i think the reality of the human heart is that we are kind of selfish (laughs) and that there's only one thing that changes the human heart and that is our proximity to jesus Mm -hmm. because the more time that we spend in his presence the more he helps our hearts become like his um and there's loads of ways that we do that we Pray we set aside time to really pray, but not just always taking Jesus our shopping list, dedicated, carved out time to just listen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and there's a um, theologian who is extraordinary called Karl Barthes, and he said he's fairly old, um, and he said that we should um, read the Bible with the Bible in one hand and the newspaper in the other. Now, I realize not everybody goes out and buys the newspaper. <laughs> but what would it look like if we were so concerned with the mission of God in the world that we read the Bible in one hand and had the BBC News Instagram feed in the other or whatever it was that helps us remember what's going on in the world. Um, Because the other thing that is challenging for us is because we like to be ostriches and stick our heads in the sand, it is an act of faith. To say I will purposefully put things in my way that force me to encounter the world how it's supposed to be, and so I'll follow Instagram channels that help me do that. Little plug there for at We Are Tear Fund because uh, that's what we like to try and do is to keep people really informed, um, or put BBC News on your Instagram or whatever newspaper it is, because it's in being really informed and sitting at the feet of Jesus that He gives us ideas. And he gives us little nudges to say wouldn't it be good if you wrote to your mp about that or wouldn't it be good if you prayed like it really made a difference about that issue and i i think that's the thing that helps us move from being ostriches to being compassionate like jesus and there's also a prayer that um I like to read, but it's kind of a dangerous one because, you know, it's quite big. Um, It's um, a Franciscan blessing and it's called The Prayer of Discomfort. Um, So go and find that, Um, it's right there on YouTube, first link. Um, But let me read it for us, it says this. May God bless you with discomfort at easy answers, half truths and superficial relationships so that you may live deep within your heart. May God bless you with an anger at injustice, oppression, and exploitation of people, so that you may work for justice, freedom, and peace. May God bless you with tears to shed for those who suffer from pain, rejection, starvation, and war, so that you may reach out your hand to comfort them and turn their pain to joy. And may God bless you with enough foolishness to believe that you can make a difference in this world, so that you can do what others claim cannot be done. And it's a great prayer because you think about, like the, what's a good example? Um, Refugee camps, people that have fled from war and conflict and it's not because they have in any way deserved a life like that, but they have left secure homes and secure family environments and secure workplaces, and being forced out of those because they've had to flee from conflict. They are now living in makeshift tents for goodness knows how long, because it, I mean, it's, it's it just feels like unfair, top on unfair, topped on unfair, because you pray something like this and you go, well, who am I to believe that I could really make a difference? I'm tiny little me in tiny little Cardiff in the great grand scheme. So there's a quote by Marianne Williamson, and she says, um, who are you not to be brilliant? Like, who says you're not? Because in the kingdom of God, when I pray, and hope you pray as well, and all of the listeners pray, and the church around the world rises up in prayer, then we have a God who answers prayer, and turns to his bride, the church, and says, here's what I want you to do, and here's how you're gonna make a difference. Of course the church can change the world, and it is our great privilege to be part of that story. I think when we
0: make sure that we are looking at our identity in terms of what Jesus, who Jesus says we are, and who He's called us to be, and the um, authority that we've been given, that is when we get to see actually, I'm not limited to what I've, what I think that I'm qualified enough to do, or what I've gone to uni to do, or what i've i don't know spoken to my friends about but um i i heard a quote about i don't i have no idea who said it god doesn't call the qualified he qualifies the called (laughs) all about actually god like god's the one who saved you in the first place god's the one who's helping you right now he's helping you breathe right now and he's going to also equip you for what he wants you to do and uh, he's not going to give you a call for your life which uh you can't do um because relying on him Uh, he is your strength and he can help you to have compassion and help you to um, push on in
1: prayer and stuff like that. So good. Let me read the Marianne Williamson quote because it says, um, our deepest fear is not that we're inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It's our light, not our darkness that most frightens us. We ask ourselves who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous. Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We were born to shine. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. And it's not just within some of us, it's in everyone. And she goes on and it's brilliant. And I think the reason that that um, speaks to me really powerfully is that you see that throughout the scripture all the time. Jesus encounters somebody whose society is like written off and just said, no, we don't care about you. So a woman caught in prostitution and society has gone, oh, like that is is terrible. Like that's the worst of the worst. You couldn't have done anything worse. That is terrible. So our judgment of you is we're going to stone you. And Jesus comes along and he says, you might've done that, but actually what I see in you is an ability to shine. What I see in you is an ability to bring change in the world. And he says, he who is without sin cast the first stone. And the woman in her complete lack of dignity, cause she's brought out of the house in the middle of everything going on. She's probably not fully clothed. And in her public shaming, Jesus comes and gives her dignity and honor and a calling in her life that says, people might look at you and see prostitute. I look at you and see an ability to shine.
0: I was gonna ask you guys, what do you think is the thing in your area or globally, uh, it can be anything which God has showed you is not in his ideal plan and it's not um, something that he's happy with. And what is something that you can be uh, committing to pray for or um, volunteer for or write to an MP about or anything like that. in, in the coming uh, episodes, we're going to be talking about a lot about justice. This whole season is going to be about justice and love, and um, yeah, just following our call as Christians and as what Jesus has already asked us to do. Um, but in that, what is something that you can be praying for and committing to? And um, I would suggest like, go and go Google it, go go research, go on to. The Tierfun website is great. Also, Tierfun Tier Fund Learn um, is really good because they have really great resources. They have Bible studies and they have um, parts of the Bible where they kind of show you what is God's heart for for this situation or um, for this time. Part of that, I just really encourage you. Don't if you don't know um, what's going on in your local area. If you go to uni, um, you could join a Just Love group. Just Love mostly just talks about. Um, justice and following Jesus um, and the Gospels call to do justice and act mercifully talked a bit about how some some people can kind of be on the camp of oh we only like justice because that's just in my personality and then some people are realizing oh this is what God's called everyone to be able to follow Jesus in as when he came here to live on earth um, he did it for a reason and he he treated people uh like that for a reason and so what does it look like to be a leader in this kind of in between uh generation shall we call it <laughs> and um how can we invite other people to join in on on that mission
1: yeah um i think that that probably isn't super unique to this generation i think that there are always people who um, God gives a specific um, prophetic calling around justice to. So if you look through the Bible, you'll see like Ezra, Nehemiah, Amos, like the whole people of Israel are called to be people who are light in darkness, who are called to be just people, like their rules, the 316 laws that God gives to the Israelite people, that this is how you're going to live perfectly. Like you can't move for a rule about justice through through reading leviticus um and yet even in that space god calls certain people and he gives them a prophetic calling of speaking up justice speaking out for righteousness in the world and so i think we have that continued throughout history so if you look at the civil rights movement lots of people were talking about this but God clearly gave a mandate to people like Martin Luther King, Jr. to speak really prophetically and call out what the church uh, was not living out or did not have courage to say. And he had the courage to do that. And so I think, what does it look like for us? If you are passionate about justice, what does it look like to pray and to ask God, like what are the things that you are inviting me to call out of the church, what are you inviting me to speak up courageously about? And yeah. some people, that might not be you, that might not be the thing that God's put on your, on your heart, but that doesn't mean you don't do the work of justice in your life. Um, it's a bit like the calling of an, of an evangelist. There are some people that are called to be evangelists, but we are all called to the work of evangelism. But it's the same with justice. Some people have a prophetic calling to say specific things at a specific time around justice, but we are all called to live and love one another because it's right there in the two commandments that Jesus gave, love God, love one another. Well, I can't say that I'm loving my neighbors in Sierra Leone or my neighbors in Brazil, if I A, don't know anything about them and B, my habits actually end up in exploitation or poverty continuing. So, Mm. rest in, ask Jesus. If you feel like you have a prophetic voice, ask him what he is saying and join in with what he's saying. And if that doesn't feel like that's for you, that's fine. We are all called to different things, but you are still called to habits of justice in your life as a disciple of Jesus
0: yeah that's really encouraging as well because even if you feel like that is your calling but you don't feel like you've done it well it's it's all about grace anyway and we can ask god and he can reveal stuff to us actually okay maybe stop buying clothes from that place or mm-hmm. um go and volunteer with this shelter or whatever um and he'll guide you in that it doesn't have to be something like oh no i wasn't when i was eight i wasn't serving in the homeless shelter enough and yeah (laughs) yeah so um yeah you just really have to have grace for yourself but also keep on asking god and down the road he'll lead you into more of that justice So, um,
1: and and god's never going to be disappointed if your heart's desire is to pursue justice he's not going to be disappointed in you doing that he's going to be delighted so absolutely have a bit of grace for sure
0: um and yeah just as we're closing up i think a question i tend to ask a lot is like continuing to ask god and continuing to do justice without burning out and making that a burden on ourselves um but how do we make sure we keep going back to god for that and what are there any practical tips that you've built along your journey yeah
1: really good i like to use a little um analogy for this because i am the kind of person who would get carried away with the idea of justice and sort of leave jesus behind <laughs> i mean it is a flaw i you know i'm aware of it i also know i'm not alone in it so <laughs> i've got company um and i like to think of it with the analogy of um so i've been married a few years now i'm not going to tell you how old because we'll work out the mass and work out how hard i am <laughs> um, but when my, um, well, then boyfriend, now husband, um, got down on one knee and proposed and said, Dot, will you marry me? Could you imagine if in that moment I had loved the ring more than I had loved Hugh? And if I continued my married life loving the ring more than I love Hugh? That was, that's not a good foundation for a good marriage. I mean, that marriage is not gonna last very long. And I think sometimes we, um, in our humanness, get carried away with a calling or a mission or a cause. And we get so excited about that that we have fallen in love with the ring rather than remember to love the person that gave it, than to love Jesus. And I think it goes back to again, like, how often are we spending time at the feet of Jesus? How often are we allowing the real world to interrupt our lives? Um, And things like, um, what are some good tips? Like putting regular prayer time in your diary, finding ways to speak up about injustice. So use the profile that you've got. Like we live in a space where we all have social media accounts, we have influence. Well, what are we using it for? Are we using it for our own personal like, well likes? Are we using it for likes? Or are we saying, actually, you know what? In my pursuit of Jesus, I'm going to use my social media accounts to speak up for things that he would speak about. Um, so think about your social media. Like, who are you following? What are you saying? Um, and then to think about, um, I guess, habits. Because habits, what's that phrase? Habits make a person? I don't know. Maybe I've made that up. Um, <laughs> I probably made that up. Um, to, to think about our habits and go loads of how we think about the world happens just because of our habits. And we, we're not always that intentional about them. But what if we were, what if we took a month and said this month, I'm gonna think about this thing. I'm gonna think about, um, I'm gonna think about Black Lives Matter. I'm gonna think about white privilege. I'm gonna think about anything, pick something and say, you know what, I'm gonna really, really focus in and learn. Because until we learn, then it's hard to act um, and find spaces that you trust. Who, when they say, guys, would you sign this campaign? You're like, yeah, I trust you, of course I'll sign that. Or guys, um, we're gonna start shopping here because we've looked at their ethical principles and they're brilliant and you're like, okay, great, I trust you. And so I lean on my trust of you and your wisdom and I sit in your shadow a little bit. Like we're young, we're young enough to still sit in people's shadow and go, I trust that you're making good decisions. And so I'll follow them with you." It's like, um, who does Paul say it to? Timothy, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Find your version of Paul that you can imitate them as they imitate Christ. Yeah.
0: Wow. And I think just going back to what you said, I love what you said about just not being so in love with the ring that you forget (laughs) who actually gave you that. Um, and yeah, I think it's in Revelation when Jesus is talking to one of the churches about like going back to their first love. And I think just making sure that you're close to Jesus, um, to actually be able to have the right lens to look to be looking at what you're doing is also really important because not only can you get carried away, but you can get burnt out doing it on your own strength and being like, I'm going to build up all this courage and I'm going to save the, the whole of the whole <laughs> no world. world yeah (laughs) Uh, um yeah so definitely carry on trooping on with jesus key note (laughs) okay so uh thank you so much dot uh i think this has been such an incredibly joyous podcast to make um and so just what i like to ask people is um what's one piece of advice either specifically to do with justice or leading or anything um, that you think of. Um, what's some advice or a tip that you would want people to take away
1: um, after listening to this? One tip. Oh, you're stretching me here. Only one. Ah! It could be two. <laughs> Don't tempt me, because then I'll take like four <laughs> or five. <laughs> Genuinely, is if you're thinking about justice, and the God's honest truth is you're listening to this, and you're going justice is like a tick box exercise for me it does not impact on how i read the bible it doesn't impact my prayer life then i would really encourage you to find people who will help you think differently because jesus is bigger and i my my heart's desire is that you don't have that thing i had where i thought i was following jesus but my jesus did not include any justice
2: <laughs> And i was like
1: I've totally missed this whole person. It's not even a characteristic, it's like part of him. And so if that's you, please find ways to either be informed or people that will mentor you or people that will come alongside, like give hope a little message and say, look, what can we do? Because you know what? We're all on a journey working it out, but please, please, if you if you find yourself there, don't carry on because jesus is bigger and he is wonderful and the beauty of a pursuit of justice is extraordinary so don't miss out on a big jesus because he is big and he has big dreams for the world awesome
2: yay thank you so
1: much oh well it's my massive privilege to get to hang out thank you no thank you
0: is there anywhere that you would want people to either find out something about anything that's going on right yes. now. Definitely,
1: so if you have been inspired by this, which hopefully you have, um, I would love you to follow at We Are Tear Fund on any of your social channels. Um, so Instagram, YouTube, we also have a podcast, which if you've liked Hopes, you probably would like that one as well. Oh, it's um, amazing. Hey, thanks, Hope. It's called The Together Podcast. So if you're looking for some amazing voices that speak into justice then that's a great place um but our heart's desire is to help you be informed to pray to get to know other people who are trying to work out who this jesus is and follow him really well so please at we are tear Fund. fun <laughs>
0: all righty well thank you once again
2: oh thank you I'll you, you know, man. My...